Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're talking about manhood part four, being godly husbands. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. We're back. How's it going, man? It's going good. Good. Excited to be here on recording on Thursday. Yep. And I'm really excited about our topic. And I've, um, I have a passion for talking about these types of things, uh, especially when it comes to men. I end up um, have discipled. I've been discipled mm-hmm. as as a man, and then I'm discipled people. And these are things that men need to know. Yeah. Uh, wives need to know as we raise our children. We need to know as we raise our sons especially, yeah. and then our daughters to look for this type of godly man. Absolutely. And so this is really important for us today. Uh, we're both husbands. I've been married this year. will be 20 years man, for that me. That is so crazy. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be six years. So yeah. it's funny. It's just not that much time, but you, you learn, you learn, you have to learn fast. You have to learn quick. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and even after 20 years, you're still learning. You're still, yeah. <laughs> you're still learning. Yeah. That's the thing. But yeah, that's something you said, like we're always getting decide we've been discipled and we love helping people and that's the thing is like we love being able to pass this info on because it was so helpful for us you know we just value it um and so that's why we're doing this so brian what do you think the first thing we need to be thinking about when we're talking about being husbands yeah that's that's a great question i think that we need to remember kind of almost like a recap like this comes from our identity in christ you know if we if we get this wrong and, and this is really if we can get this right that and remember that our identity in Christ is our identity and everything flows from that, including how we are husbands. And if we can get that right, then it will drastically change. A lot of these things that we're going to be talking about will feel natural and uh, we might need reminders and help understanding it, but we're going to agree with it when we hold on to our identity in Christ. Yeah, I love that. I go back to the verse, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. You know, I think that has wide reaching applications in our lives. If we will seek Christ first in our marriages as husbands, then things will will kind of naturally flow out uh, to have a, a a a joyful and fulfilling marriage for both the husband and the wife. I totally agree, and that sounds really really simple. But here's the question: uh, that's not always the case. So why do so many guys struggle to be this type of husband? Yeah, there's a lot of confusion out there. You know, we we talk about how culture defines manhood, but even more, culture talks about how you know, we define being a husband and yeah. it doesn't always, um, it, you know, it's, it's not always a great thing. You know, it's, there are examples of husbands in, in TV shows, whether it's a drama or a comedy, and we always see the, the flaws in there, which is, which is okay. We want to see a flaw. It's, nobody's perfect, but we don't have great role models. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I think of like Jack Bauer in 24. Yeah. Dude's like, always working. He puts his family on the back burner, causes division in his marriage, you know, estranged from his daughter because he just can't get away from the job. Yep. Or you think about like Ray Romano in Everybody Loves Raymond. He's just an idiot. Yeah. He can never do anything right. You know, it's played up for laughs, but the wife is always having to like parent him along with the children. Well, and it's funny because they take little truths 
and they blow them out of proportion and they turn them into a lie of what it means to be a husband. Right. And and I I loved in like WandaVision, this mm. new TV show where they they went through the old TV shows and into the new eras, you know, and you even could see the changes in culture through the TV shows, right? And so you see the man the husband being the strong leader type because that was uh, you know, valued in the culture. And then it kind of progressed. You then have like Malcolm in the middle, you know, same sort of things you're talking about where the dude doesn't know anything. And, and of course we're flawed. And so we have to be careful not to portray husbands as these, you know, saviors of the family, but we also need to make sure we're not portraying them as just buffoons. Yeah. And, but that's what the culture does. Yeah. You know, and also culture has a really low view of, of marriage. Yes. And that contributes to, a big part of this problem is marriages are disposable. You know, we speak about marriage in the sense of not commitment, but falling in and out of love, yeah. you know, and which is, which is a flawed view of what, of what marriage love is. is. Well, yeah. What marriage is and what love is. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, marriage is a commitment that we make. And if we will honor God with our marriage and our lives, we will find love in that because Absolutely. as we know, love is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's love something comes that from God. Flows out from right. yeah, exactly. God working in our hearts. So I think that's really true, and it's good to know that culture is not helping us here. So we need to be careful not to look for our cues on being. We should look in there. the Bible. Oh, what? That's crazy. <laughs> oh man, that's insane. Um, well, even though you know a lot of guys know from the Bible what they need to be doing, I think that another thing is is that guys have really just abdicated their roles. In pursuit of their own personal pleasure. Yeah. What do you think mm-hmm. about yeah, that? Yeah, I agree. So, guys... Yeah, I mean, we're we're not looking to lead our families. You know, we're... You know, we most men are okay with providing. Um, most men are okay with a certain, you know, you know, helping around the house, doing what needs to be done. But when it comes to leading their families, and, and I mean on the deeper spiritual, you know, trying to set the, the tone... Uh, for your for your marriage, yeah. for your for your family, we fail in that often. Well, well, it's like we think that our wives are for us, right? Instead of us being for our wives, right. you know, it's like like we we think of our families as being um, a, an an addition to us instead of us having a responsibility for right. mm-hmm. this. This here's what we don't people. realize is that the the husband is the um, the husband's the thermostat in the family. He sets the spiritual temperature of your family. Your wife is the thermometer. She reflects what the spiritual temperature is. And so if she's frustrated with with the family or frustrated with you as a husband, you got to look at yourself first. That's the first place we got to look. Man, that is that is really really good and guys, I don't know about you, but that just resonates with me and I can understand it like like I know what a thermostat does and I know what a thermometer does. And if I can see that my wife is reflecting something wrong in my family, well, then then you know, like you said, Brian, I got to look at me first. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where we have to understand it's not about our own personal pleasure. It's actually about putting them first. We're going to look at that in well, a minute. That's what it means to be a leader. That's what it that's means what to be a leader. That's what we're talking about. Exactly. Husbands have the responsibilities to lead their families. Yeah, and that's the thing. We we have this role to fulfill. And if you forget that and think that it's all about pleasing yourself, well, then you're just not being a man. Like, that's, that's what the Bible tells us. And so there's a couple of big things that we want to talk about. The first one is this idea of leading your wife and 
in the fact that that really just means loving your wife. Yes. To lead really means to love. Mm-hmm. And so there's this great Bible verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. I'll just read that for us, and then Brian, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. It says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands and everything. Now, guys, hold on a second. The the part for us is coming up next, so, so guys, really listen to this. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Yeah, so Paul is really giving us a great um, analogy about the Christ leadership of the church, and he's using our own uh, families, our own marriages as an example, and tying all that together, right? So both of these analogies kind of feed off of each other and give mm-hmm. give different parts to help us understand what's happening. There's really two things that are that we see out of this passage is headship, and submission. Yeah. Now these are really controversial yeah, those are bad words. <laughs> things, but they're in the Bible. And so if we are Bible believing Christians, we must wrap our heads around. Here's the thing. Let's, let's try to come to this without any preconceived notions of right. what we think headship or submission means. We need to examine the text and really try to understand what is Paul driving at? What That's is good. God challenging us to do? Because Whenever I come to the Bible with my preconceived notions of what I think should happen, then I'm not going to reflect Christ yeah. in my theology. Yeah, really what we're doing then is we're saying, uh, I'm going to tell God what is right instead of letting God tell me what is right. Yeah, we, we, we've said this before. We, can't, we're, we should not seek to change God's word. We should seek to let God's word change, change us. us. And so, guys, we need to talk about headship. Yeah, we need to talk about what that really means. Let's talk about what that means, yeah. So um, the first thing about headship is that it is leadership, right? It's this idea that that we are to lead, um, and we so, see that directly in Christ. Yeah, we see Christ is the head of the church. Yep. So, so we know that... In, not just in this passage, but there are many, there are other analogies that Paul uses throughout his letters that talks about Christ being the head of the yep. church, being in charge. He's the chief shepherd, even though that like a pastor may be the shepherd or the leader of mm-hmm. an individual church, he's still subjected to Christ right. as the lead head of the church. That's right. So that's a good point. We are, we are always being submissive to Jesus and we'll see that a little bit later, but Jesus is the leader. But that's the thing. When we are thinking in our worldly mindset, 
oh, Jesus is the leader, that, that tells us certain things. But when we remember what Jesus said about being great in the kingdom and being a leader in the kingdom and, and all of these things, we remember what that actually looks like. Right. Jesus serves the church. I mean, Jesus is... Gave himself for the church. He gave himself yeah. for the church. He sacrificially loved the church. Leadership looks like sacrificial lead love. Yes, and so that translates to what the husband's role in the the marriages. So right. God has ordained or given husbands the responsibility and the role to have the head of their families. That's right. Okay. Now, once again, we've said this before. This does not uh, have anything to do with how God sees the value of men and women. Right. Uh, he's just placing roles and and. Uh, kind of leadership positions in, in place for all of these structures. You know, I mean, every every organization, every structure has to have some sort of authority or some sort of leader. Mm-hmm. You know, even uh, you know our governments, uh, our even our even our our civil things. We have police officers that right. are authority. Even at our jobs, we have a boss. Right. You know, everywhere that we go, there's an authority structure. Well, that goes back because God is our ultimate authority. That's right. And then he places these authority structures around so that we can understand that everyone is subject to God, but then we are all subject to these other authorities in our lives. Yeah. And an abuse of that authority does not negate the reality of it. What it really just proves is that person is a is a bad person, right? I it's mean, a sinful we're all person sinful, that's not right? pursuing Christ, exactly. Right. And so, you know, for husbands that are uh, that are hearing this and thinking, "Yeah, I'm I'm the boss of my wife," like first of all, you're not hearing what we're saying. You better and check sec- yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and second of all, that is just straight up sin. That's not in the Bible, right? Well, and let's let's look at some of these verses. Let's look at what headship actually looks like when yes. it's lived out. So, Peter tells us. In 1 Peter 3, 7, it says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Once again, he's saying, we are all heirs to the grace of God, so we must treat our wives with honor and respect. That That's to value them. That's to lift them up. There's yeah. there's not a, a lording over quality the man's not lording over. Right. He's like you said. He's serving. He's mm-hmm. he's lifting his wife. He's up. using his strength for the betterment of his wife, not to take advantage of his. That's wife. right. That's and, right. And guys, we you know we get this wrong. I would suggest you go and listen to Ask Pastor John, which is a, an app or a podcast you can go listen to. He has a great episode on that. Um, but, but yeah, we are to, to love them and to care for them. You know, Colossians 3, 18 through 19, uh, continues another vein of this thought. It says in 18, wives be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. And then it says in 19, husbands love your wives and do not be embittered against them. So this is again hel- helping us see like we are not to be harsh with our wives. You know, that's just sin. That's not being a man. That's being sinful and selfish and that's being a boy. That's being a little boy who doesn't want to share his toys, you know what I mean? Well, we all we look to the example of Christ and we see Christ he's not harsh with us. Right. He's graceful, he's merciful, he encourages, he loves, he lifts up, he teaches, all those things. He, he tells us what we need to hear. Right. He tells us what we need to hear. He corrects, he does all those things. That's still true, but he does it the right way. Right. Think about this verse, Psalm 128:3. It says your wife will be like a fruitful vine in your house. Mm. 
you know, if, if your wife feels very like, like not, not physically, but, but mentally and spiritually kind of beaten down or they don't look like they're, they're flourishing or they're growing in their faith. Men, that's that's because that's on, of us. That's on us, yeah. And we are not leading our families well because if we do, our wives will be growing, and they will that you will see spiritual benefits in her and in your kids. That's the next part of the verses. Children, I know yeah. we're not talking about this today, but we. That's why we must take this leadership role so seriously. Well, that's the thing, man. Like you can have a gigantic house, you can have the best car, you can have all of these things, but when your wife is unhappy because you are pouring all of your energy into that stuff, is your life really that good? Right. Like it's really not. You know, the Bible makes that clear. And so to have a, a wife who is is happy and flourishing because of the love that you are pouring out into her life, helping her be the best woman she can be for for Jesus, like man, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's that's the key that's the trick and that's what we want yeah. so so headship so. is a responsibility that men have it's not a it's not a thing that we like puff our chest up and say well i'm the i'm the head of this household yeah. it's actually something that we need to understand and see like god has placed this on us and we are going to be accountable for our families we're going to be accountable for our wives i i truly believe as the leaders of our household that we have that accountability on us to protect and guide and lead in the physical and the spiritual health of our families. That's what headship is. I, I fully agree with that. And I mean, that's just replete all through the Bible. And so we need to understand that. But there is this idea of submission. And we're going to talk about this because um, it does it does have a lot to do with wives, but guys need to see what this looks like because if we're not careful, we will uh, mess this up too. Yeah, yeah. There's a submission in every Christian's calling. Yep. Okay, when when Christ calls us to salvation, He becomes Savior and Lord. And I think we miss that a lot of times because the Lord means He is our Master. Now He's a good Master, but He's our Master. He's our Shepherd. He's our Lord. He's our King. And so in that. We all submit to Jesus, every one of us. And and ultimately, what does the Bible say? Every knee shall bow, shall bow. every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Although yep. they may not believe in him as salvation, the coming king, everyone will submit to him. They will see him in his full glory one day. Yep, that is so big and so good to understand that, guys, we are under authority too. And so it's not like, you're not like, you know how there's like owners of, of businesses and they get to do whatever they want because they own the business. Um, well, we're not the owners. Okay. That's right. We're, we're, we're the stewards. We're the stewards. And, uh, and our wives are, you know, right there along beside us. They're, they're really co-stewards. They just, they just have different responsibilities than we do yep. within that in that role. But I tell you, this idea of submission, it's so difficult. It angers people in, in our culture. Yeah. And we have to know that and understand because this really goes against our, our, the sinful nature that is in us. We all want the, that, that authority. We all want that power. Uh, you know, nobody wants to submit willingly to the other person. And so it, it kind of that when that sin kind of bucks up in us, people push back against this idea. Yeah. And so this is a hard idea for us to wrap our minds around. I understand there are many men, there are many women that uh, struggle with this, but let's talk about what submission is. And maybe we can clear some of this up and understand that it's not what 
culture or what other people say that it is. Yeah, and I think this is going to be important. So, so listen carefully to what submission really is, but also know that even when you understand it properly, you're still going to have to fight against that sin. Right. But hopefully, this will help. I think that what we see in the Bible from uh, from ladies and from men submitting to Christ is this voluntary choice to humbly respect, so for the wife, to humbly respect and follow her husband. Yeah, it, that, that's very important. It is a it is a voluntary choice right. that she is putting herself yeah. in a submissive role to her husband. One of the things that some of my mentors, my father-in-law, uh, actually would, would help me understand was that for guys, like that first section in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, like that's not for you. Like you don't get to go to your wife and say, submit to me. Right. Like that's not how you get your wife to submit. This is a voluntary choice for her. And here's the thing. If you are loving her well, leading her sacrificially, she will probably fall right into her role yeah. because she knows she can. More than likely it won't. It she won't, trusts you. It won't be a problem. It won't, and, yeah. and so what this means is that the, the wife is there to support and help the the husband as a helper but also as the as the architect of the family there a lot of times the the wife is managing whether you know she you know whether she's working in or out of the household handling a lot of the family duties all kinds of different things that they're doing but this means that the wife is there she can encourage she can pray for us, but she also rebuke her husband. Yes. Just because you're in a submissive role doesn't mean there's not an opportunity for you to speak truth to that person in authority. That's right. Because a woman, you know, she's there to help a man, just like a man's there to help her be the best woman she can be. Right. She's there to help the guy be the best guy he can be for the Lord. And and so sometimes that means calling out sin. Right. And a Christian man will hear what the Bible says because the what the Bible tells us is that a, a wise man loves correction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's good. Wow. <laughs> and so if we hear that and understand, if I want to be a good, godly, wise man, I'm going to hear that correction and I'm going to seek to apply that to my life. Yeah. A fool rejects that correction. Yeah. So that, I mean, we're, what we're saying is, guys, just because your wife is voluntarily submitting to you doesn't mean you can't listen to her. Right. Like, listen to what she says, because she's not an idiot. You should. You yeah. Should she's prob- and I don't know about you, but in my case, my wife is definitely smarter right. than me. Yes. So I want to listen to her. In, in many ways, yes. <laughs> so um, this does get a little tricky with, you know, ladies uh, who are married to unbelievers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be hard. Uh, yeah, First Peter chapter three addresses this. Um, you know, he asks the women even to submit to a non-believing husband in hopes of bringing him to Christ. And her greatest weapon is prayer. Uh, you know, she can encourage him, uh, and she can hope that one day he will come to Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, if uh, w- the only exception is if she if she is asked to den- the, the only the only exception of right. of of. Uh, denying his leadership would be if he asked her to deny her faith or yeah. to participate in sin. Right. You know, right. then then it's like her yeah. allegiance to Christ Comes is first. greater than her allegiance to her husband. I fully but agree. otherwise, you know, it's it's one of those things to where they need to practice submission. And I do believe in that way. Uh, her husband could come to Christ through that. I, absolutely. I think that's really key. You know, Piper and Grudem have this um, great section on recovering uh, biblical manhood and womanhood. Yeah, that's a great book, by the way, Recovering Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And so they say, Submission refers to a wife's divine calling to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and help carry it 
through according to her gifts. It is not an absolute surrender of her will. Rather, we speak of her disposition to yield her hu- to her husband's guidance and her inclination to follow his leadership. Christ is her absolute authority, not the husband. She submits out of reverence for Christ. So, so this is so important that we realize what the Bible is telling us. It tells the wife to submit out of reverence to Christ, not to submit for the benefit of the husband, not yeah. to submit for any other reason. But, but part of the spiritual maturity of the wife is going to be to submit to her husband for Christ. For Jesus. This She's is not... what this is what Jesus is asking. Right. And in the same way, Jesus is asking the husband to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Sacrificially. Right. Yeah, that's right. She's not there to worship her husband. Exactly. She's not there to just be whatever her husband wants her to be. She's actually there to be what Christ wants her right. to be. So guys, we got to remember we got to remember our place uh, while she is is you know taking care of her her place. Right. And so can I add one thing to this? H- yes. Here's the thing. This is going to be this is going to look different in everybody's marriage a little bit. Remember, yes. the spiritual truth is there and we must cling to this truth. But how we how we work it out. Work yeah. it out individually in our families is going to look a little different. I mean, I know I know really traditional Christian families where the the women, you know, they still believe in the wearing the skirts and the no makeup. And, you know, they have more of maybe an outward type submission that they're Mm -hmm. trying to practice. You know, I know, I know more modern families where uh, husband and wife work, you know, they kind of co-share a lot of the responsibilities in their household, you know, different things like that, but they're still practicing submission. They're still practicing this headship in their, in their family. So let's not get hung up on like the practical application of how we live this out. We need to look at the truths and say, okay, God, how does this apply in my life? And am I, in my heart, am I practicing these things? That's where it starts. I think that's exactly right. And that, that helps us understand this idea that a lot of people talk about that is referred to as mutual submission. And we've really been talking about that the whole time. It's, it's working out this, understanding of mutual submission in your own particular like lives right, right. well and that's so, that's what paul says right before this um there is there's a section right in ephesians chapter 5 he says submit to one another that's, that's exactly first. right so christians exercise this idea of mutual submission and you know it's just like here i have i have you know i work at the church i have a boss yep um i you know he is my authority as my boss. So I am submitting to him, right? But also as Christians, we have mutual submission towards one. As Christian brothers, we submit to each other as well. Now, ultimately, that doesn't negate his authority or his role or his responsibility that he has to carry out as my pastor, as my boss. Well, and that's the thing about it. What's really great, and I do love you using that example because it's it's not an analogy; it's a real life example. Um, like, and we see it with with Pastor Allen. You're talking about Pastor Allen. Like, he is really good at living this out, and he actually because he also like you know submits to us in a, in a in a way that doesn't negate his authority. It actually helps us want to follow his leadership so much more because we know how much he loves and respects us right. as co-workers in this ministry. And so he's in charge, but but he really does come to us and and, and submits to us in a lot of ways right. through love. Yeah, you it's, know? it's seen in how we, how we treat one another, how we serve one another, how we think of other people first, how we sacrifice for one another. And so 
it's not that the idea that men and women are equally submissive, that the husband's equally submissive to the wife, because right, right. I have heard that before. Well, and that doesn't work. Like, that just right. practically won't but work. But in the aspect of serving and loving, the husband is is putting off his rights. That's exactly and right. And every Christian, every Christian needs to understand, biblical Christianity and biblical manhood is not about claiming rights. Amen. For both headship and submission, it's about living out a Christ-like example of sacrificial love. And if we could live this way, we would not have these problems or these arguments about what headship and what submission really is. I guarantee, I, I guarantee that if you took that statement, it's about sacrificial love and not claiming your rights. If you looked at that and took an analysis of every problem in your marriage, I, I bet you that would be the problem. I bet you that would be the problem. And if we, I know when I'm, when I'm having an argument with my wife, I know I'm, there's a moment I'm sitting there and I have, I, I can tell the Lord is telling me he, I can, I can just sense it. Brian, you're going to have to own this and you're going to have to let go because you're the problem right now. And I'm like, nope, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make her do it. And then, and then he's like, yeah, well, that's not going to work, Brian. And there's, I finally have to, I have to finally submit to Jesus. Right. And then let go of my right. My, There's such my a tendency will. to want to blame everybody else. And for husbands, it's easy to try to blame our wives, to mm-hmm. try to blame our kids, to blame everyone else around us. But being a Christian is not claiming our rights, even if we are sometimes in in the right. It's how we go about expressing that as well. That's right. You can be right and still be wrong still be in wrong. the way that you act it yeah. out. And you make could, it so much worse. Yeah. Right. How many times have you said? the the right thing in the wrong way yep. or express that in like anger and you've now entered into sin. And so it really doesn't matter if you're right because you've done it the wrong way. Yep, because you're still not putting her first right. in trying to talk through whatever the issue is. And so because you're angry at her. And so this is really important. We see how much leading is loving, right? And so how do we need to be a loving leader? I think there are at least three ways and areas that we need to look at and talk about. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, what's the first way? Yeah, the first one is in spiritual, spiritually. We need to lead our families in spiritual matters. This means that we first care for our spiritual walk, just like we talked about earlier. We set the spiritual temperature in our household. Yeah. It's often the case that if a man is not actively growing spiritually, then neither will the rest of his family, or at least not in the way that, that God wants them to. Mm-hmm. Men, we must step up and be the spiritual leaders in our homes. You know, I love the book um, Point Man. I think every man should read the book Point Man. It's an older book, but man, the truths are are timeless in it. Steve Farrar, and it's easy to read because he uses a lot of great analogies that guys like. He uses like sports analogies or like war analogies. Like we're like, oh, we can- Things that make sense, you know? (laughs) Things we can really like. Well, he talks about men who are spiritually anorexic and spiritually bulimic, meaning that we- like an anorexic, we do not take in the word of God. So we are spiritually starved. And then when we do get a little bit of truth, we're like, we're like, we're bulimic and we don't keep that word in us. We reject it. And and it's like, we're throwing it up and we're not letting it change us. And so we've got to be men who take in God's word and we let it change us and we, we we let it sit with us and nourish us spiritually. I think that's huge. And if we do that, we will understand that 
this takes place in really small, practical ways. I mean, seriously, some of the biggest things happen in the smallest areas. Like, for instance, just get up early and read the Bible. And and you know what? If getting up early isn't your thing, like, set a time during the day that you're going to read. We plan for everything else in our lives. We've got plans. I guarantee you listening have plans for a vacation sometime in the near future. And if you don't have plans for vacation, like, you've got plans for something. You're planning things. Well, we need to plan to read our Bibles. Uh, we need to start the spiritual conversations with uh, our wives mm, and lead yeah. out. So instead of waiting for her to start the conversation, we start it. And if you don't know what to say, ask her questions. Yeah. That's an easy way to have a conversation. For instance, a, a good easy conversation is talk about, hey, what was the sermon about? And yes. ask, hey, what did you think about the sermon? Or what are you reading in the Bible? Let me talk about what I'm reading. And guys, here's another thought. If your wife is just more naturally inclined to spiritual things, man, listen to what she says. Mm -hmm. Ask her things. Yeah. You're still leading in that way. You might actually be learning from her, but you're still leading her in that. Yeah. Listen, not every guy needs to be a biblical scholar. We right. don't have to, you know, we don't have to spend hours and hours and hours studying the Bible, but we do have a responsibility to let God's word into our hearts and let it change us. Yep. That can happen in a lot of different ways through preaching, through uh, listening to um, listening to the word taught, you know, listening, listening to scripture yeah. read to us, you know, there's lots yeah. of different ways. Uh, there's no excuse right. for a guy saying, well, I'm, I'm not a reader or I don't, I don't like getting up early or I don't, right. there's no excuse. We right. have no excuse. Yeah. We must prioritize the word of God in our life. It is the most powerful thing that will change us to reflect Christ's image. Uh, absolutely. Another really practical thing is to just do a devotional at the dinner table. You know, uh, that's a great place to talk. If you, that's the thing I would encourage you to do is to make sure that you are spending time at the dinner table with your wife. Um, if you're not doing that, then, then do, you know, make that a priority so that you have a time that you can yeah. talk. Yeah. How about this? Pray with your wife and mm. pray for your wife. So, yeah. so spend time, pray with her. Maybe the last thing you do before you guys go to bed at night is pray or when before you before you guys separate and leave the house in the morning and go your different ways, you pray together. Uh, and then just pray for your wife. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that Jesus tells us, and this is going to sound bad at first, but <laughs> Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. Yeah. Uh, and he does that because it's really hard to have a hard heart towards somebody when you're praying, praying for, for them. them. Yeah. So take the same analogy. Our wives are definitely not our enemies. Don't right. get that. Don't, don't get that started. I hope not. <laughs> but the idea is that that our hearts will be softened towards our family and towards our wives if we will just simply spend time in prayer for them. Yeah, that's a great thing, Brian. So maybe you're listening and you heard the the text about don't be embittered against your wife and you're like, well, you have no idea who my wife is, you know? Well, here's what we're saying. Or my husband. Or my husband. This yeah, yeah. Ladies, I hope you're listening. And if you hear this, you know, pray for your husband. Guys, pray for your wives because because God will change your heart too. And uh, the only reason why you wouldn't do that is if you simply don't want to love them. Yes. And that's, and that's really just on you. So I'm sorry, but that's true. Um, so the main thing is to remember that guys, you don't have to be a spiritual guru or something like that. You just have to take it seriously and, and take the first steps. Yep. Begin you know? to grow in your faith and, and let, let the word challenge you in your life. The second thing is serving. You know, we are responsible for our homes and families and we manage them by serving them. Okay. 
man, that is huge. And the problem is, is there's not a whole lot of guys that we can look to to show us how to do that. You know, a lot of people in the culture, um, they they just aren't living that way. They get off work, come home, and just you know sit on the couch and say, "Hey, woman, bring me a beer." You know, like yeah. that, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, let, let me give us some help here, uh, guys. Help with chores around the house. You know, now I'm sure there's a lot of evolved men that really. Uh, take this seriously, yes. but, but maybe it's, um, you know, you cook dinner one night or you, you know, you're, you're making sure the dishes are always cleaned up before you go to bed, you know, things like that help with the laundry. A lot of guys like myself, we do the lawn care, you know, my yep. wife doesn't, doesn't mess with the lawn yeah. care. I just take care of all that. Well, and here's what's weird. Like sometimes, uh, I, I don't want to say weird, but like, um, like there's been times in the past where my wife wanted to mow the grass right. and I like really, I personally love mowing the grass. That's what's weird. Um, but, uh, but so I would be like, okay, let's, let's compromise and you'll mow the front, I'll mow the back. Yeah. And so, but you work together, you right. know, and you right. work together to make sure it's done. How, you don't just put it on her. Right. How about we serve our wives by letting them have some time to themselves? What? You know, especially if you have children, our wives are always, yeah, uh, have somebody. You know, it's like they Consumed can't even use the that. restroom by themselves. They can't. My my son so Titus just immediately give, starts booking it to her. Give them a break. <laughs> get take the kids somewhere. There's been times where my wife's just fed up, and I just literally, all right, kids, get in the car. I don't know where we're going. We're going yep. somewhere. I've told her. I've kicked her out of the house at yes. night and said, go to a restaurant. Yep. Go go meet up with a friend. Yeah. Go do something. Just get out of the house because you need time by yourself. You need spiritual encouragement from, from one of your yep. friends or one of your mentors, but just go do something and I'll take care of everything else. Yep. And you know, those types of things are serving your wife and, and, and loving her. Yeah. Talk to her about what's going on in her life. Oh my gosh. Ask her what's going on. And guys, I know like the problem is we just get so focused on ourselves and that's again, the problem. Yeah. We're just focused on ourselves. If we just take a minute to think, I wonder what's going on in yep. her life. So, ask her. So after dinner, we always, the kids will eat dinner in about five seconds and then yeah. they, they run off <laughs> and we try to sit at the dinner table and linger and talk to one another yeah. and, no, and talk about what's going on. Uh, you know, when we go on dates, it's, uh, we, it's like, okay, let's put our phones away. Let's sit at the dinner table and actually talk to one another at the yeah. restaurant. You know, things like that will help you. Uh, you, know, you don't think about serving your wife by, by listening to her, but that really is a way that we can serve them is just by hearing them and listening to them and learning about them, you know? Yeah, I think that's huge. And, and we really need to just work on this, guys. We need to do like Jesus and and you know, be the servant who washes that's the feet, right. you know? That's right. And so another huge thing that we need to talk about is relationships, guys. We mess this up a lot of the time. I know I have. I mean, this is one of the things me and my wife have talked about. And I remember, I'll just be honest with you. There was a time where I asked my wife, I said, "Hun, do you feel loved by me? And she said, I'll tell you what she said. She said, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And, and that was killer. Well, some of us men are like kind of like John Wayne silent types. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, well, I told you I loved you when I married you. And if it changes, right. I'll let you know. Right. You know, and that's yeah. not fair. <laughs> that's not good. You know, here's the thing. When we're dating, there's, there's, there's hand holding, there's kissing, you know, yep. there's all that kind of romantic gestures. It, you know, well, you go, you buy the flowers and you do all these types of things. But, you know, as we get married, the passion and the excitement kind of, kind of dies down. And I understand life gets busy uh, kids happen, you know, marry, you know, work. I mean, just all of the things. And you really just can't wait to just go to bed at night right. and just like, I mean, you're just done. You're exhausted. 
But, you know, we have to really make sure that we're we're investing in our relationships with our wives and, and making sure they feel loved. So let me tell you what the kind of antidote to that was. And I, and I would say now we are we're doing way better than we were then. You know, this was a few years ago. And I'm just so thankful. She told me some things that would help. And it was like duh stuff like, hey, um, you know, when you go to the store, if you just brought me home like, a, a, you know, something to, to drink. You know, flowers sometimes, but really just like super practical What's her favorite stuff. candy? Exactly. Thing, just Cadbury just, egg. You know, like, yeah. It's exactly. to know I thought about you. That's all it is. When I wasn't with you. A text during right. the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on our phone all the time. Yeah. Why don't we text our wives? Right. Like a text, a text, a yeah. drink. And seriously, this doesn't the, happen all the, the time. The problem is when we get married. But it made a huge change. The problem is when we get married, we stop dating our wives. That's right. And so that means we stop learning about her. We stop. Listen, people are not static. Yes. As we go along in life, we grow and we change. Your wife is going to change yep. her, th- her likes, her dislikes, some things about her personality. You know, things will change as she gets older. Are you still studying and learning about your wife and knowing what makes her happy? What makes her sad? What frustrates her? I mean, all of these things. So we must... We must date our wives, learn about them. We must be spontaneous. We must intentionally spend time with them. That is, that's what, that's what we're talking about. Really, this just comes down to think about your wife and then do something about it. Like that's really all it is, guys. Put it on the bottom shelf. Think about your wife and do something about it. That is so not hard. I love that. So like you do things, study your wife, pay attention to her. I have a note. I have a literal note in my note apps. Yeah. The restaurants that she likes, like do that stuff. Pay attention to her again and be spontaneous. You, like you said, guys, seriously, like every once in a while, just turn up the heat, like turn up the heat a little bit Mm. and, and just like get get a little bit spicy at home put the kids to bed and get a little bit spicy like your Don't wife just fall asleep on the couch yeah, watching baseball seriously she she will like that especially if that's not the norm yeah throw on some music and dance in the living room you know yep. things like that you know just just be spontaneous you know and try try to um surprise her yes. and, and that's that's all that is is investing in that relationship yeah there's a great scene in rocky uh two where he comes home and or maybe it's rocky three whatever and he and he gets her a gift and he calls it a prize and he's like hey, yo adrian here's your prize you know and uh and so she's got this prize so so i always do that i, I call it here's your prize babe you know i'll get her a little nothing but give her a prize Give her a prize because she is prize worthy, right? Yep. So um, invest in your relationships. Yep. Yeah, we're here. I think I think this kind of sums it all up, mm-hmm. Brian. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked a lot. We've talked all the way around headship and submission. Uh, we've talked about practical ways to lead our wives. But here's the thing: it all comes down to one thing, guys. If you don't hear anything else, I yeah. want you to hear this: it's your relationship with. Christ. Yeah. How is your relationship with Christ? It is the most important thing when it comes to being a godly husband. Mm-hmm. You must, you must, you must, you must invest in your relationship with Christ. So here's the thing, guys, we mess up. We fail. Yeah. If we do this, if we've not been leading our family, if we are failing in the area of, of, of loving our wives and leading our wives, then we need to repent of our failings and yeah. ask Christ to do a fresh work in our hearts. He will forgive us. He will help us. Ask him to give a love for his word, yeah. for the strength to read it, mm. to, be te- to, 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 to resist the temptation to pass it by, and ask him for help to get on our knees and pray for our families and pray for our wives. If we would just do that one yep. thing, 
if we would just prioritize Christ in our lives, we would see our entire marriage change. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing, guys. So like you said, if you're struggling in this area, please don't beat yourself up because don't stay there and don't, you know, just like wallow in the shame of, of when, when your wife says sometimes don't wallow in that shame, say, how do I fix this? And then turn to Jesus because he's the one, like you said, Brian, he's the one who empowers us to love because he's the one who first loved us. That's right. And so we need to turn to him, just turn to mm-hmm. him. And so that's really all that's it what is. It's all about. It's just be a Christian. And yep. so let's do that guys. We can do this because Christ Christ died for us. And so we can do this. That's what so. it's all about. So next week, I hope you'll join us. We're going to do Godly Husbands Continued and we're going to talk about practical steps for a thriving marriage. Oh yeah. This so, is going to be a good one. It's going to be a good it's one. Be a good I'm, one. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Maybe a little controversial. We'll see what happens, but cool uh, that. <laughs> hopefully uh, you'll join us next week. So thanks for joining us and we'll see, see you, you next time. time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Does this mean that McDonald's is going to pay us thousands and thousands of we're, dollars? We're now sponsored by McDonald's. <laughs> I really love McDonald's. I eat it all the time. Any I'm not just saying that because they give us tons of money. If, if there's any corporations <laughs> out there that want to sponsor us, we will totally sell out. <laughs> I love on podcasts when people are always doing their ads and they're like, but this one I actually really I used to use this yeah, before I, use I got this one the all the time yeah because <laughs> it's, it's like because like, mm-hmm, so, they haven't paid you so well some of them they do they're like they're like I actually used this before I got paid to talk about them and I'm like so which ones are you just talking about that you don't right. actually exactly like? <laughs> exactly there's a lot just to let everybody know I will sell out as quick I as will sell out I will we sell are, out we <laughs> no no questions asked. <laughs> Jokes. I'm. I'm guessing. Are we recording every, right now? Yeah. We are it, joking on everything but the gospel. <laughs> everything else is up for grabs. Everything else. That's a joke. <laughs> Gonna have people triggered and emailing us. Mostly a joke.